0: Wallace to his left, and he's on his way. Ten, nine, five, three, cut down. Wonderful try.
1: We have a mole, Jim.
0: Diggs like a demented mole there. He just busts through the defence. Just watch this. Splendid, beautifully. In go the Irish for us. This is Lannahan, bursting in. Back to Bradley, back to Cannon. The drop of goal is over! Michael Cannon has
2: done it!
1: Good evening and welcome to the Molecast Good evening Good evening There have been no games this week So we're going to have to go into the dangerous world of spurious predictions I have been convinced since the draw was made that It almost doesn't matter what we do We're going to lose in the quarterfinal And the closer it gets the more I'm convincing myself to have the glimmer of hope. Um, there was some commentary, uh, Birch started an article and he was talking about um, how strength and depth was going to be key. And he, he, the, the point he made was that Sean Fitzpatrick came out of nowhere in the 1987 World World Cup. And in the second sentence of his opening paragraph, he fundamentally underlined why strength and depth is not important. He said, no one else in their 26-man squad got an injury. And he was sort of he was saying, like, isn't it mad that they only had 26 men in the squad? The point was that no one got an injury. The way a team wins a World Cup is by having your best team available nearly all the time.
2: Oh, yeah, no doubt. Like, it's... Like, luck does play a big part in it. It's not all, you know, physical preparedness states off injuries. If it was, they'd sort of be a recognized routine of doing it. Nobody wants to get injuries. So... Like I was frustrated earlier today. I, I read that uh, Dave Kilcoyne and Jack Conan are both not available for the Romania match. Dan Sheehan not available as well, which we all suspected. But with Conan and the coin, you are going oh, for fuck's sake! Like this is one of the games you are supposed to play in. Romania are a bad team, a fucking terrible team. They'd lose all their games in, in if they were in the URC. So the only reason you're playing this game. Is because a you have to, and b the team that's playing it is is there to take the, the minutes of running out of the starters' legs. So it's really frustrating that these guys have come over and haven't been able to get on the pitch for their first match. Um, obviously, they want to. Obviously, the coaches want them to be available, but it doesn't make it any less frustrating for
0: fans. Like, do you think they shouldn't have been brought?
2: <laughs> yeah. Sort of, yeah, I sort of do. Like, well, not so much with Conan. Conan's like fucking being a line starter, but like, uh, like, what loose had is, is a position of weakness for us, especially with Key and Healy's missing. So, I suppose, yeah, you, you have to bring Kilcoin, but like, this is a game he's supposed to be playing in. Like, now Porter's going to have to go on the bench against fucking Romania. Like, the, the best thing they could do in my eyes is play Jeremy Lockwood for the full 80.
0: Yeah, I, I, I guess that was really my question. And I suppose my next question is that if Kilcoin wasn't brought... Um, look, I suppose he'd he'd picked his squad before Keane Healy got injured. So he'd, he'd name Killer mm. on the presumption that... Uh, I suppose he must have thought, though. Well, does that make sense? So, Nick, like if he'd name Killer suspecting that he mightn't be fit for the Romania match, which is, even if you had Healy and Porter, is the match that you want Killer to play in. Mm. And possibly start. Like, it's play for 60 minutes and then bring on whoever, like be a Keane or be a Porter, whoever, for the 20. Mm-hmm. But um, so then you sort of ask yourself, why, why, why is he there? Is that, is that your question? Well, that's exactly
2: the question. Like, Romania's a dud game. You know, we could we could pick any, any prop in Ireland, any loose head prop in Ireland, that they'd be able to get through it? Any of the pros could have picked Paddy McCarthy to be able to get through it from the under twenties, and then you're going like get the eighty minutes out of Andrew Porter's legs, get through the game. And it's, it's frustrating that a guy who's there to do that is just not available. It's frustrating. We're going to have to play Darcy at number eight now. You know don't have any other number eights in the squad. And do you the think... Darius will probably score a
1: fucking four tries. Brian Robinson it. Do you have a preference, should we get through our group, for who we play in the quarterfinal? No,
2: it's too early to say if there's a preference. We haven't seen these teams playing in a
1: competitive environment
2: yet. Like, these teams will pick up France and, and New Zealand will have to play each other first. Then you can have an idea who you prefer to play. Also pick up injuries. And then, like, by the end of it, you're going, oh, Jesus. Wish we'd got France or I wish we'd got New Zealand. So no, I've no preference. They're both really good teams. Yeah. New Zealand like shot the bed in their last game against uh South Africa. Question how much they wanted to play it. It doesn't seem to me like they wanted to be there all that much. Um France are picking up injuries left, or right, and centre. Now Willems is injured. Now they're also in danger of having their sub tied head second row being cancelled. Which is um I think I'm not sure where that's gonna go as of you know, as of this morning, it's still sort of up in the air. I don't think anything is actually going to happen to him. Just, it just—it depends. It all depends how much the, the media decides to run with that story, mm. um, and how, how, how much how big a deal they want to make of it. Like their game is just just around the corner, and uh, they've no Dante for that game. Allegedly, they've no Cyril Boyd, they've no Entomac, and they've no Valenza that's a lot of big players to be missing. So we could end up playing France at, a, you know, we couldn't play in France at home in a quarterfinal. That's sort of, but like, is it any, is it any, it could be a dinged up France.
0: We were saying that, that nothing happened, like there was no matches during the week and it's it's just, like, it's febrile. You, oh, you, you, you can, you can kind of, you can really sense it, so... I guess from if, like for people that are rugby fans, it's it's here, you know, and you're sort of, you're, you're ringing different times around your calendar and you're going, block that out, block that out, block that out, going to be there for this one, going to be watching mm. this one, Ooh, can't be doing that, going to be doing this. And it also, for people who aren't rugby fans, it's the, you know, the few weeks every four years where they start looking at this stuff, where, you know, there's, there's a lot more eyes are turned towards it. So, like this guy, like Philippe San Andre made the point going, Look, he's been in squads before. Um, I picked him up from Montpellier from Toulouse when this had happened. Uh, like, if it was going to be a big deal, surely it was a big deal when he was picked in the squad the first time around. Um, but just so, but which is logically correct. Yeah. But it's also practically speaking, kind of ignorance, which I'm sure Philippe San Andre knows that, like, the only people that are watching then are. Or rugby guys, and they're sort of going, "Oh, he's a tight head second row." Whereas you're now going, "Oh man, he's an enormous racist." But um, it's like when
2: Gerbrand Gobbler got signed by Monster. Like it was obvious at the time, like the fact that he had served a ban for using peds to use a drug cheat—was like open knowledge. Like I, I, remember when oh they were linked, and I was going, "Gobbler's like on drugs," and nobody made a big deal out of it until about fucking six months into the season, and then they just harped on it, harped on it. You know, like it was well known at the time, it was no secret that he'd already done a ban. And yet, like you're going, Oh, how did the IRFU sanction this?
0: Um and I remember going to the the the, the, the competition in, in Japan last year. And we arrived in the Friday evening four years ago. Four years ago. Jesus, it seems like last year. What <laughs> happened in between? Oh. Uh, <laughs> the competition we went, in Japan last year we went to the the Olympics Argentina France match oh it was amazing and one of the things that struck me was like this is it this afternoon because I was trying to think to myself who was in England's group at the last competition like how did they get through who did they beat who did they and I was there going surely like it was Argentina France and England wasn't it uh,
2: big yellow card from um, Lavanini early in the Argentine England game yeah yeah and they had the usa in their group as well england
0: yeah and that realization that well like those three teams are in the same pool so one of them is going to be knocked out and you had to be you, you don't if you're good you have an opportunity to go to multiple world cups but you, you kind of have to be lucky with your age as well like you know when are you going to be at your peak for a world cup is is it like i think you're middle two like if you're 22 are you too young It's like, if you're 24, you're just the right age to have two really good World Cups where you're like 24, 28. But if you're really good, are you better off being 22? If you're really good, you're better off being 22. Because then you get 26 and 30, you know, and just, and just all these things. And 34. And 34. That these, these are the windows. Like this is, this is how you confirm yourself as a great, if you're a player. And this is what you train for. And like, look, you're trying to play the game, you're trying to play with your friends, you're trying to play and represent like your, you know, your whoever, your region, your family, your bag of mercenaries, like, you know, a wh- bunch of mercenaries, like, you know, whatever motivates you and gets you through. But the World Cup is the biggest of the, of the representative groups. And you're going, Jesus, on this afternoon, like, it's kind of like Penno really begins to make a name for himself. And the Argentinians really dig themselves into a hole and like, it's really touch and go. Mm. Like it's, it's like, it's really, really close. And you look at Argentina going, it was four years ago since the last one. And it's four years ago till the next one. And like this afternoon is being a big old deal for you guys, because now you got to go and play England. Mm. Um, and you know, that idea that like almost eight years boils down to that 80 minutes if you're picked. So like, it's, it's it's enormous. But then I look at Farrell and I kind of go, Faz is like, ah, I want to have kill killer on my squad. And shit, man, injuries happen. And I'm just going to pick him. And I'm sure he picked him before Keane Healy was done anyway. And I think for Ireland that I kind of expect Ireland to shit the bed because it's the World Cup and I've been there so often. But another part of me looks at the results and looks at the consistency and looks at the fact that like we beat New Zealand... In New Zealand twice, beat France to win a Grand Slam, have just won so many matches in in different ways against all these different teams, and you go, like, Farrell's really built something, and he pricks pretty much the same group of players all the time. He doesn't pick the same fifteen all the, but as we were talking about the squad being announced and how predictable it was, you go, there's, there's not really any surprises. Like this is this is the way he's developed and built the team, that oh like, oh, she's Ireland could could do well, like. Team knows how to win. Mm -hmm. Team is better than Leinster. Like, it's Leinster plus Munster. They've both... Well, actually, they haven't both won anything. Like, I mean, Munster have won something. Leinster haven't won something. But, like, Leinster are always at the sharp end of competition. So you go, like, the domestic form is really good. And if they do well, I just think it's going to turn more and more into the Andy Farrell show as people just go, Jesus, like, this guy is absolutely incredible. And he's really sound. And he's just, like, he's the world's dad. And... More and more eyes are going to turn towards it. And even thinking about Farrell's situation, because everyone everyone knows, everyone knows, all the rugby people know the, the Farrell origin story, the fact that... You know, everyone knows now, it's on TV. He had, he's in and out. He's in and out. The fact that he had Owen when he was 16. He's 12, I believe. 17. And then you think of so many players that, oh, could have made it except got injured, could have made it except coach didn't like me, could have made it except got homesick. And you think of all these things that are real. Like this, this is what derails people. And then you go, at 16, I had a kid, and you sort of go, oh, well, good luck to that professional career. And it's just like, played for Wigan at 17, captain my country, went on to do this, this, this. I'm lad, captained his country, you know, played a hundred times. And you just sort of go, didn't derail him at all. Like, that's so... When Faz goes, oh, I love a bit of adversity, you go, he's... He's walked it. Like, he has lived and breathed. It. And he... he like, we he had a kid and he just got on. Oh, I'm not looking at this. as adversity. This is, this is the best thing that could have happened to me. But you go, like, from... You go... His that dad is. is
2: like, adversity, you've got to face up to this. <laughs> but you just
0: go, that's that's not the way it goes for...
2: No, nine, most of the
0: Nine-something people. And look... Andy Farrell, you, you got to have coordination. You have to have like the size, the like the physique, all those sort of things that he has. Like he's, you know, he's he looks like a professional rugby player. He still looks like a professional rugby player as a professional rugby player coach, right? So he, like you can't discount that or choose to ignore it. But I think when he says that stuff, you look at him and you kind of believe him. That, and that, I think that mental... Strength, I'll call it. Mental oh, fortitude, yeah. mental think- flexibility, uh, elasticity, rubberness. I don't know what it is. Like, just that you kind of go, just, well, yeah, happy happy to roll with this. And just go on and not get too hung up with the sort of the things and concentrate on what you have to do. Because the other thing, reading some of Faz's comments, is that, like, he comes across as extremely sad, but he also comes across that, oh, we get in the wave when you attack. Or, oh, I wasn't happy with that. <laughs> and it's almost lost it's almost couch but he's he's going now that was us ballsing that up like making ourselves opportunities not finishing them off wasn't we um, that I think the rugby message with him can get lost but again like his rugby is so strong so I think with Ireland I think it's just gonna turn into the Andy Farrell show anyway for Ireland but I think the more and more Ireland if Ireland do well I think everyone's gonna be start looking at Andy Farrell I just go, oh, this is like the most incredible story. And so much of it is known and so much of sold. told it's like It's
1: not a mystery. The reason I, I said at the start of this little section that I'm, I more and more have the thought that we could beat uh, either France or New Zealand in a quarterfinal, no matter whether you know we finish first, second, whatever, is that I think both of them have started to look way more anxious than they have. Maybe it's because I'm turning my attention to them more. Maybe it's because the World Cup amps up things. The Kiwis were in a state last summer. They launched an investigation on themselves. They've come out and slammed themselves in their investigation two weeks before the World Cup starts, and everyone knows Fozzy's gone, and Joe's in there, and like Joe's obviously a brilliant technical coach, but he's not going to bring the vibe, and um. Is having all these injuries, having essentially been able to pick, it seems like the same team for two years with a couple of swapsies, and then he has this other political controversy that he's embroiled in. Le
2: racisme, uh,
1: and it's just, it just, from the entomac injury and the buy injury in the same game against Scotland, it just is like it felt like, oh, this is the first thing that's
2: ever gone wrong. You guys the feeling that Irish people expect, like. Irish rugby fans more than other people expect us to get knocked out in the uh, in the quarterfinals because it always it always happens, and also because this group is particularly tough, and then the draw is tough. So I think there's a feeling amongst Irish rugby fans that because it's been mentioned so often that if we win a quarterfinal, it's like yeah, fucking job done. The Welsh can slag us about not getting into a semi final ever again. Whereas I just do not think that. Uh, belief is in the Irish camp at all. I go, I'd i say they're going, well, we're, we've been number one in the world for 58 or 50, 60 weeks at this stage. The longest Northern Hemisphere team has ever been at number one. We're the best team in the world. Win every match in this competition and win, win the whole thing. It's going to be really tough. We have to play all the other good teams, but we've already played them and beaten this season.
0: I think it comes much more down to the biggest truth is in test rugby. Win this game, win the next. That yeah, I don't think you look back at... Win today, win tomorrow. Win today, win tomorrow. I don't think you look back at, you know... No. Th- eight years, 12 years. And I, I don't even think you look back at the last 60 weeks and go, oh, statistically... Yeah, you know, statistically, I don't know the best, best. So, I, Is I this do, a labour crisis? Well, I think it comes down to... I think it comes down to being the best team at the competition. Yeah. I think a lot of it comes down to morale. I think a lot of it comes down to just like being in the right form and that mindset going in and, and like the confidence. But you the get mindset from comes well. from, the mindset comes from winning all your games. The mindset comes from winning all your games. So look, I, I don't think that I don't think it's a complete and utter reset either. Like I, I don't think England or Wales are gonna do well. So like how, how do you how do you want like I mean if we're gonna talk about Ireland as a team, Ireland have a really tough pull, but I think I think Romania is a grand place to start. Cause then you're in it. Like, and I, I think I think that's the that and I think I'm more of the, the opinion, first the sorry. first the the first match is is so big and it stands on its own and it's where all the eyes are at. That you are gonna forget. Like there's four matches the next day. Yeah. Like the, and this is this is the incredible thing with the World Cup. And whenever I go to the competition, I always look to go to the first round matches. And again, Looking back four years ago into Japan, I was delighted the weekend that I went over. And I now looked at your experience of going to the knockout matches, and I just kind of think, oh, I can see how that happens. You know, that like so many teams, like by definition, most of the teams have been knocked out by that stage. And of the teams that are left, half of them are gonna be really fucking disappointed. And the other half that are going to go through probably aren't going to be yours and they're going to be kind of unbearable as a consequence. Um, So it's a dream to go and watch Ireland play in a World Cup final. But not if you're not Irish. (laughs) No, but but the thing that Matt Williams always says, like it's a festival of rugby, it is in the first round. Whereas in the first few weekends... Flying out of Schiphol Airport and looking around the people in that departure's lens I just gone, holy shit, like half of this plane is going to the World Cup. And like Japan is a big populous country. People travel a lot. So you'd expect it. I would say pretty much every other weekend, that flight is 90% plus Japanese people. Not on that weekend. And then when you arrive down and you're in Tokyo and you just like, you, you get a taste of the excitement. And even guys from countries like Belgium and the Netherlands, like who, who whose teams aren't in it, they've been planning for this trip and they've been saving for this trip or they've been, you know, not saving and just deciding where they're going to go or whatever. <laughs> like for, for four years and that excitement on the first, on the first weekend. And like, you know, when you're, when you're walking around Kyoto or Osaka and you see like, uh, Uruguayans. Yeah, and you go. Oh, you're Uruguayans. You know? <laughs> or you're
2: in. Hey, you remember we were in Osaka's tiny little rugby shop, and these two enormous vegans lads walked in, <laughs> couldn't barely make it up the stairs.
0: So I think that 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 kind of element of the competition, it, you forget about it, but then you're in a team hotel and you're going, Jesus, like there's matches on. So like carnival playing Saturday, and then like on Sunday they'll watch more matches. Mm. And then you'll know guys that you play with in your club or that you've toured with and you go, Ooh, like they're doing well. And we thought they were crap or they're doing shit and we thought they were shit or they're doing shit and we thought they were good. And like all those little stories that you start to realize, and then like, so you go from being this pressure cooker to being this like washing machine. So just going through all the household implements, Mm -hmm. but like, you know, it kind of, it really starts to mix up once it begins. And in a blender It's a hell Well it could just become it, Like it's this helter-skelter Of Emotions And matches And results And happening And once they're done They're done Yeah it Go back to that example Of Argentina-France Like once Argentina Have lost that match All that potential That you're going If we get past our pool Yeah Do you have a pretty good run Well they didn't They would have had to play The Aussies But you know If we get past our pool It just goes Shit we have to beat England To have any chance And it Like that In an afternoon last four years next four <laughs> years boom, just like that so it's intense you know mm. it's brilliant that's the that's the excitement that's a great but you've
2: really you really re- reminded me so much of the atmosphere of it and the the uh, nervous excitement but shared sort of happiness as well at, at the at the first round after that it just becomes like it's not get stage, it's just
1: fucking nerve shredding there's no joy in just huge relief if you win So should we go out and play a very strong team against Romania and absolutely hockey them and put out out a statement?
2: No. No? The the game against Romania, Romania are not a good team. Just take the minutes out of the legs of the players who are going to end up playing, hopefully, six matches in a row. So this is a game in which all the guys who are in positions where you've chosen three players in a position, it's the third choice players.
0: And um, just from the squad's point of view, if you don't play against Romania, like, who are you going to play against? South Africa? Nobody. Scotland? You're going to cheerlead while the lads France. win all their games Like, you know, there's very, you know, you're looking sort of she's not going to play against anybody. So, yeah. like, if you're out there, you want to play. And we talk about a festival of rugby, but like, if you're a player, you're a professional athlete, you're just like, oh, geez, this is shit. Like, I'm not getting picked, you know? Like, yeah, just, just holding bags. Like, this is my dream to go. But like... What was your highlight of the Lions tour, Ah, here and Kerry won the All Ireland. Like, you know, that's that's it. So, you know? you're going to
2: pick Sexton at 10 because he hasn't played, and Keller at two because he hasn't played. And I was hoping you'd pick Conan at eight because he hasn't played, and Kilcoin at one because he hasn't played well, barely played well. Now, two of those guys are gone, which is irritating, uh, not least for them, but more for me. And so, the team otherwise is going to be now, it's going to be Lockman. Herring, Tom O'Toole, Joe McCarthy, Hendo possibly, then uh, Ryan Baird. Somebody's going to have to play seven. Like, we might end up playing fucking Keelan Doris at eight and Josh Vander at seven. Then Craig Casey, Jack Crowley, uh, McCluskey, Henshaw, wingers would be Keith Earls, uh, probably Hanson. I think Hanson's going to play all our games. And then Jimmy O'Brien at fullback. So Porter's now going to be on the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry, Kelleher will start, not Herring. So Herring will be on the bench. Kelleher will start. And then Finlay Bealem. And then maybe uh, maybe Ty Byrne and Peter O'Mahony because like that's all our that's our the Peter O'Mahony's our last back row. Like. Um. Uh, and probably Jameson Gibson Park so we can get some time in harness with Sexton. And um who did I say was gonna be out of half? Sexton or Crowley? You said Sexton. Yeah, so Crowley on the bench. And then um then probably Hugo, the fullback or Gary. Uh oh sorry, the sub twenty three. Like, you know, like any team we put out, any team any team from the first sixty players in Ireland, you could put out Ireland D and they beat Romania hands down. Without
0: see, he could play sweat. He, he could play Tyke Byrne or Ian Henderson at at six. Should he want to? In fact, he could play. Yeah, he could play Tyke Byrne. So he could play uh, Joe Hendy and Tyke Byrne. And you know, do you, do you pick Baird pick Seven? Like, you know, does does it? Maybe. Does it? Yeah, like, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter who plays seven. Like, if Baird plays seven. Does it
2: matter? Uh, But And I think... Henshaw plays seven, you
0: know? (laughs) I... So, look, I I think that... I think Crowley is... Whatever Ireland's last match is, I think Crowley's going to be on the pitch for it.
2: Like... Oh sorry, yeah, I was
0: sorry. I if, think if, I, I think at the at the end of it the end, he'll be at on. the end of it, I think he's gonna be on. So Jimmy's winning matches. I think that like maybe like Johnny's 38, so maybe he only lasts so long until he's gone. Um Johnny's 38 and he's been
1: injured nearly all season. And he's been in near, all year.
0: Injured I mean. nearly all season. Maybe Johnny picks himself all the way through, but he just can't play. I just I just think Crowley's gonna elbow his way in. I was pretty impressed with him against Samoa. So was I. I've been impressed with him for years. Yeah. Um, so I think that's going to happen for Ireland and, yeah, Crowley and Farrell, I think they're going to be the two big stories. I really hope the injuries go our way. Um, I hope there's a load of competition for places. I hope that the guys that are in form are picked. So if, for example, Joe McCarthy is playing really well, he sort of goes, ah. Oh, I'm gonna pick Joe McCarthy to play in second row against South Africa. Now, I kind of find that difficult to see because Tyke Byrne is like such an incredible player that I don't think Joe is going to be able to vault over Tyke Byrne. But like it'd be great if Ireland were in a situation where they had enough players playing really well that they could put competition on each other. So I think like somebody McCarthy did the, the presser. During I think it was yesterday, certainly during the week. It's yeah, and
2: in mean, the newspaper, you know, that boring. indicates
0: that he's going to play against Romania. And the point was made; I think it was Murray's article that you know they wanted to pick him ahead of jean Klein. So I was glad he said it because I was thinking of myself, going, "Yeah, like I'd have Joe ahead of jean Klein." And you go, jean Klein's in the Springboks squad, so like, does that mean our second rows are better than the Springboks? And you go, well, you know. Maybe not, but maybe like Hendy's Hendy's good. Type Burns really good. James Ryan's really, really good. So you know, like we're and this and this goes back to like Ireland's results and you go, there wasn't no all the way; there was just really good players. And so look, God willing, let's, let's hope they let hope the really good players play really well. Um if I was from any other country and worried about any one player getting injured, I would be French and worried about Antoine Dupont. Whatever about Keane Healy and how sorry we all feel for him. And I really like Keane Healy from an Irish fan's point of view, from sort of a generosity or like from, a I don't know, a I mean, or something like that, a posh word for jelly. It'd be great to see Keane Healy go into the World Cup, but you don't, want to, you don't want to see anybody injured and miss out. But if I was French, quite apart from any personal feelings I would have, I would not want to see Antoine DuPont get injured. I don't think there is a bigger drop down from one player to oh another God, in yeah, the competition yeah. than Dupont Antoine DuPont, Dupont and France. So huge, hugely nervous. So I think Dante's a Dante's a big loss for them. He's particularly in defense. He's he's such a strong jackler. Um Who would I don't think,
2: think Movaka Mofana.
0: I, I I don't think that any of the French Aldridge good over the ball, but he doesn't get as many. St- he's not- he over doesn't the ball. get as many steals for France. I oh, was sorry thinking of that back row. Yeah, but he doesn't get as many steals for France. Like none of like Jalon or Olivon aren't particularly good jackers. No, um, Dupont's fucking amazing though.
2: He wins about five every every six nations. Like
0: where yeah, and where where where, like, where Dante, when Dante plays for them particularly off scrums, he gives them huge amount of threat in the middle of the park in defence particularly Jacqueline and I really saw an improvement in France in in a match against Wales when he came back and you sort of go wow he changes the way their entire team defend Um, and plus you know plus he's he's such a focal point for attack So I think he's he's a really big loss for them Intermax obviously a really big loss for them I I kind of don't know how it'll go for France like I think there's a huge amount of support and goodwill for them, but there's also a huge amount of pressure on them. Like uh, Cyril Bay is a big loss for them. So as much and all as we sort of talk about uh, other countries have more depth, France will really miss, they miss Dante, they miss Entomac, and they miss Bay And all miss, the depth that they And they, they have miss Clemsa as well. They will miss him. So they're yeah. going to go down to Teo Fanua,
2: who's the same size, but he's not as good. Doesn't have the same degree of nastiness as Vilemsa does. When you watch Vilemsa closely, and this is something which Bert said, like, he looks he's, he looks fat, so he looks sort of happy. Jolly fat man, you know, stereotype. He's as mean as a fat snake. <laughs> you know, Vilemsa is a fucking killer out there. Uh, and Taofa doesn't have it in him. He has the size. But he's not, a, he's not a hitter like Volems is. So they're missing big players for him. Now, I believe Jordy Barrett is going to miss uh, the New Zealand game. He set a train today with a knee niggle. So that means they're going to go with Anton Leonard-Brown, who in his last game was fucking terrible. Or David Havili, who hasn't played in about seven months, I believe. Or else they're going to have to switch around their back line. I think New Zealand are going to win that match. I don't know. This is what it's like. It's the same question that people say who would you rather play France and New Zealand? They go, "Well, I'll tell you after the first game. Like, I don't know who's better between them at the moment. Because the New Zealand and France beat were a fucking bad outfit. The New Zealand that won the Tri Nations this year, Tri Nations this year, ran the Rugby Championship this year. Like, they finished the tournament really well. And then they go out and just play this friendly against South Africa and look was so bad. I've never seen a worse New Zealand performance. But you know, is that the outlier or is that the?
0: I think New Zealand are draft? very reliant on Ritalic and Whitelock, and I don't know why I think New Zealand are going to beat France without Brody Ratalek playing. Yeah. So I do. I do have to quite. Well, I do know why I think. I think it's because they can score so many tries, and because the Kiwis don't doubt themselves in rugby. Back, and is, that they're, back is crap though. There's. So, they're, they're such a hard team to beat by and large. But mm. that said, we you made the point about the, the squads and the sort of the wrinkles that you know teams bring to the World Cup, and then the fact that the Kiwis in what 2015 didn't pick a second row sub. Yeah, I mean, that's just said right. like, we're gonna have Victor, Victor Vito, Vito Sam and Kane. Sam Kane on the bench. And you think to yourself, why would you want to take off for Talic and Whitelock? Great point. Like one one is called Guzzler. And one has got 140
2: odd All Blacks caps just by being two crap, World Cup medals. Despite being the
0: crap All Black, he's there, despite, he's there with his he's there with his two World Cup medals yeah. and his how many World Cup. This is his fourth World Cup. Yeah,
2: and. I thought White Lock had a really like I've rarely seen White Lock have a an inauspicious game as he did against. Now it was his first game back. He he had this there was this scenario where he chose to play to come back and play for the Crusaders when the All Blacks had asked him not to play he was still recruiting from injury, and he wanted to come back and and, and win his last uh, Super Rugby type before he goes to Pau. And I think there was, it's, that was a touchy situation. Like, Foster's, you know, close-mouthed all the time. There was a touchy situation there between the Crusaders, because uh, Scott Robinson's taking Foster's job after this, and the All Blacks. And uh, I thought Whitelock was, was just so ordinary, which is incredibly unusual for him against South Africa. Scott Barrett obviously got sent off. Lord, who came on, was atrocious. Uh, and Guzzler wasn't there. Now, their their pack, I think, is the worst All Blacks pack since 1999, which was worse, in my opinion. But 1999 was the worst All Black pack they've sent to a World Cup ever. Um, it was like Karl Hoft, Anton Oliver, Greg Somerville. I can't even remember who the fucking second rows were.
1: I
0: think I yeah, um, couldn't remember. A few years later, yeah, it's. Yeah. it's uh,
1: I, I think the French will win on Friday. You think the French will win? Because
2: atmosphere is
1: going to be. Yeah, it's going to be insane, incredible. No, <clears throat> it's. Yeah, I think uh, all the things that go. Oh, yeah. What about two thousand seven? Was like French French rugby was a basket case then. It's really well organized now. The whole country <laughs> is mad about rugby. It sounds by the sounds of everyone turning up and like. Villages flocking to see every every team. Johnny Farner a rugby teams <coughs> playing on f- a pitch surrounded by t- mushrooms. And I think the Kiwis have lost far too many games for them to have that air of invincibility. Now they can score tries from anywhere, but I don't think France will let them. Like France's defense is excellent. Yeah, um, I think I think the French will win that. Uh, like he. he <laughs> I find New Zealand's form is extremely curious, like you do. Like they obliterate Aussies one week, and then next week they sort of nearly lose to them, and that's like, that's not atypical for them.
2: It's not typical, or
1: it's not. Uh, sorry, it's 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 it, it typical for them they have they have these like, they always have these games where like, and a lot of the times they still manage to pull it out, but then you're kind of going about that rugby championship. It's because it's Razzie and he's a he's a mind game player. You're like, going, how seriously are the box taking this? You know they're sometimes flying half their squad over to Argentina and half the, half the squad to, and then you see when they turn up, they're kind of like the Joker or something like that. They're really, he's just like, I know we were fucking with it the whole time. We're <laughs> actually just gonna pick seven boards on the bench and grind you into the dust. And you're yeah. going like, box can do that. They just have all the players to do it. Now the box have. Structural flaws Or like flaws in their squad as well Like Libok could miss all his kicks And There's a lot, there's other things That could go wrong for them as well But I think I thought I thought the, They exposed Like a really Exposed to kind of A lack of Quality Like high high quality Especially in the All Blacks pack That A lot of teams don't have the, um,
0: <laughs> great <laughs> sense. <sentence. laughs>
1: like, I don't think Sam Kane is that good. He's a captain. No, of, he's not that good. I agree. He's captain of the All Blacks and like, Ireland went to New Zealand and went, they've never these, these guys these a worse guys,
2: open side to a World Cup. Their World Cup open side would be Michael Jones, two, <laughs> two World Cups, Josh Cronfeld two World Cups, and Richie McCaw, four World Cups. Like, Sam Kane shouldn't even be in a conversation with those lads.
1: I think like Ireland Ireland and, and Argentina have both wrecked New Zealand's aura. And its teams, they obviously they're still brilliant and they can still beat teams and not like crap, but I think France have feasts on that. France always could beat New Zealand, you know, every so often. But I think they'll be looking at that going like that is such a flawed New Zealand team.
0: I think yeah, I think that's a very important point. So could, could Scotland well Scotland could Scotland, South Africa, is there is there any chance of Yeah, five percent chance. Five percent chance. Yeah. But you're saying there's
2: a chance. I mean I'm saying it's a chance, but it's a small chance. Like five percent is not a big chance. Ninety-five versus five. Nineteen out of twenty games, South Africa win this game.
1: Yeah, I'd be at I'd be at something like that, or maybe a ten percent chance, but I do I I can I can picture a world where Scotland win that by two points and they score five tries. And kick every kick they get. Yeah. You know, because they just, you know, the, the rugby they were playing against France and those 2 warmer friendlies, and I know whatever phony war they are, I was just there going, like, this is the best rugby they've played. The most intense and quickest and best hands, great instincts, just lads. You could see doing things out of habit. And I love it. I love. It. I love, it. I love it playing the way they were playing. Yeah, they I just were, thought they were fantastic. so good. Now that's what they lost one of those games. They won one of those games, and they only won against a very weakened, like an entirely exchanged French team. They played brilliantly in the second one against a very, very strong French team as well. So,
0: what what stops that Africa winning this World Cup?
2: Uh, it's good. It could be plays kicking. Uh, it could be a misalignment. A bad bad decision on a um, bench selection. If you have, for example, if you go with a 6-2, or I think 7-1 is an uh, an, uh, an accident, basically. If you go to 6-2, though, and you have two players who are going for a high ball together, a 14 and a 15, when you're on your side, and they bang heads, both of them have to come off, Fail of HIAs. You bring on your sub-scrum half, your sub winger in the second minute. Like, you're left extremely exposed. Uh, but I also think that they're you, they can get beaten by a team who, you know, stays in a game with them and, and kicks points. Like Ireland beat them in November. Um, New Zealand beating them. Like, they're not unbeatable. They played particularly well against a team, a New Zealand team who, as I said, sort of didn't didn't play well, but played particularly poorly and didn't look like they wanted to be there. And that's what people are basing. Like they also played, they also didn't win either this, uh, Troy Nations, which just happened in the summer, literally, couple of months ago or the won you know 14 months ago like, they, didn't they didn't win and they
1: haven't won any of them since before the last world cup there's only been three rugby championships but they the kiwis won all of them how do you beat the? i think a game where you beat south africa goes something along the lines of munster beating the stormers no the Storm, yeah the Storm- stormers stormers
0: in the final in the final stormers.
1: stormers yeah it's like you dog it out when they're, when they're really piling it on you. When you're playing well, you make sure you, you take your points, you kick all your points because Lebok makes, miss kicks in that game. And then like, yeah, just strike when the opportunity's there. Like the, the, the opportunity, was it so, so, somewhat opportunist to try the last month to try it? Or no, was it built over? It was like, no, they'd- they had weathered, a, they, I seem to recall, they weathered a tough phase and they built some phases together and then eventually they found a gap because Big men eventually get tired. That's how you beat a South African team. That's the, you know, you amplify it by there's a bigger, like, load of quality to add to the Sharks team, Stormers team, <laughs> Stormers team. And there's there's obviously a bigger load of quality to add to an Irish equivalent team to Munster. But, like, physically, the profile, that's the way that kind of game goes.
2: We play these guys now over the last two years. We play these guys. I wouldn't say week in, week out, but we played them far more regularly than we did before. So that's a play against can that's about Stephen Kittshoff, Sia Khaleesi. Like, that is, I think, would make a significant difference to how they're seen in that you're not playing these guys once every three years. You're going, oh, I played them twice this year, once last year. The South Africans, you know, they didn't win anything in the Heineken Cup this year, and they didn't win the URC this year. So, you, you know, they put in a very good performance against the All Blacks. And obviously, how can anybody beat South African? Same way fucking other teams beating you. Not to be facetious, but like you fucking score more points than them. Whichever way you accrue those points, like the Scots, if they do score four tries, like South Africa are now better than they were under Razzie at actually scoring tries running on going 3, 6, 9, 12. But like every, there's like,
1: they're not a, I don't think they're a great team. Yeah, well, they haven't... Like I said, they haven't won any of those tournaments. They won a shit Lions tour. It's not really worth fucking talking about, to
0: be no, thank you and for like, saying that. I agree. And, like,
1: they have this hugely... Um, I was going to say charismatic, but he's kind of unlikable as well. But it's, like, Coach, is a huge personality... Or head of rugby, who's Nina Bar, <laughs> big personality man. And um, yeah, I just I feel like there's a lot of like, oh my god, what what are the South Africans doing? Can anyone actually stop them? Like, I have a question for you. Yeah, is Razi Erasmus chaotic, good, chaotic,
2: neutral, or chaotic evil? He's chaotic evil. <laughs> what do you think?
0: Yeah, I think he's chaotic. I think
2: he's chaotic neutral. <laughs> well.
0: Um, I think there's a likable bit to his personality yeah. in sort of close quarters. I think, yeah. I think I think, the charisma, but... Charisma 18. Uh, yeah, very, yeah, very charisma 18. I think the line-out, oddly enough, is somewhere you can get at the South Africans. I think uh, Bonambi's an excellent thrower, like an extremely good thrower. And I think Marks is very, very good. So the South Africans tend to be technically proficient. Um, it's just, it's it's in their culture. And for all the good second row core that they have, some of their back row aren't best suited to lineups. oddly enough. So I, I think that's an area that you can probably put pressure on them. It kind of depends the mix that they pick in the back row. But if they go with their with their fetchers. Um and even picking so many forwards, you just you wonder with the some of the combinations that they're they're gonna end up with. But like I think I think South African teams love defending. But I think the problem is that if you're defending your own half and you don't win set piece ball, you end up conceding points. You end up conceding points from penalties if if nothing else. So I guess that uh, I think the line is the place where he gets that Africa mm. and fitness mm. and fitness
2: you know Mount Herbie is not fit and,
0: and possibly not, he's not super unfit Like and, he's possibly, not and possibly place kicking like it, it depends it depends who they pick but I think they're the areas that you get them so in all the top four teams which are all on the same side of the draw I think you're you kind of go shit like they all they all have weaknesses which oh, is yeah. really exciting it is exciting
2: um, who do you think actually just while we're on South Africa? Who would you pick as in South Africa's backline at the moment? Like, I think there's a like apart from apart from the wings, which well, maybe you just go ahead, Ian. I you, would you go first. Uh, 15 15 backwards, uh,
1: Valenza at 15. Um, Aransa or um, the other t- tiny winger who's really fast, who's Ches probably, and Colby, Ches and Colby, depending on which one is fit, yeah, on the right wing. Uh, outside centre, and in, uh, I'd have Hazy inside, and um, D'Lende outside. Arms, arms still it, yeah. And then on the left wing, I'd have uh, Mappimpi, and at ten, I'd have Libok and Faf at nine.
2: So no Kane and Moody in the team. No, I'd have him on. Andrew, who would you? I uh, know Willie Larue in the starting team. Andy, who would you? Who would you? I, I'd team?
0: have. I'd pick Willie Larue. Um. I'd have D'alende, I would, have. what's the D'alende, name of the D'alende. second center who played really well against the Kiwis, big guy. Kenan Moody. No. Against nah. yes, Kiwis. The other center. Esterhazy. Esterhazy. Yeah. Oh, he's, yeah. A, he's the inside center. He's the inside center. Yeah. Can you play second center? If no, if, if you'd be moving anybody, would be moving It'd be a D'Alende. Um, it's, a bit of a, it's a bit of a weakness there, that one. Like I, I think I'd I pick I'd pick the two small wingers. I think uh Aaron Z and Cheslin Colby mm-hmm. if I have my choice. Oh no shit, I like my pimpy. I think I pick Aaron Z and and well my Pimpy's not in a good form. No, I'd pick I pick Colby and Aaron Z. Mm-hmm. I pick LaRue. Um I mean you have to pick Kane and Moody at second centre. Well, you can pick D'Lendi at thirteen, or you can pick Valemsa at thirteen. What's D'Lendi like at thirteen? Shit. Is he like Bundy or is he like Robbie?
2: <laughs> <laughs> fucking Stuart McCloskey kid thirteen.
0: <laughs> yeah. So they have a few, they have a few weaknesses there. Then, like, if they they, they don't they don't have to like. See, I just Lakan- don't. like Canio a, a big loss for them. I think I think Pollard's like a bigger loss. Yeah, I think Pollard. I think Pollard's going to be back. sure we talked about that last week? So yeah, it's kind of it's sort of interesting to pick their team from. Fascinating to me. From from another. Perspective and go. Oh well, you know, if this guy's missing and this guy's missing, yeah, they're they're not as strong like that. That balance because Willy Larue good.
2: or Villemsa is the twenty-three, like yeah. a guy who can do fucking everything is a big personality. So like, there's really strong there. But you're going, well, you could do it, Am, because he nails down your thirteen jersey. For you. like, it's very tempting to go, oh, look at caitlin Moody. I can play him at thirteen because he did one really nice run for a disallowed try, and you're going, that is the sort of shit that Guardian journalists love. What he's really proved he's emerged in the world for made it wasn't a try, doesn't count. He he can, everyone knows he can run like most of 13 is actually just defending space really well. Can he do that? No one fucking attacked the 13 space because the all blacks couldn't, they were like watching England do their warm ups against Ireland, <laughs> couldn't hold on to the ball.
0: I suppose that like, you could pick Jesse Creel there, but like it that's Who, kind of a known quantity because you're sort of going, I don't know, like Jesse Creel's had his chance, and, yeah, like, he's, he's really ripped, he's never quite nailed it down. So I guess 30 the interesting and he'll things. give you a
2: lot of preacher curls in the 13 um, jerseys, you
0: know. What's it gonna be like on the other side? The other side of what?
1: The draw. I think Argentina will beat England in the first Saturday night game. Agreed. I think England will probably beat Japan in the second game. Yeah. I think just be just because I think Japan just Japan don't aren't have, that good at the moment. have that much good form or uh, which keeps their group pretty interesting, they'll have to play Samoa uh, to qualify. Like, they lost against Fiji at home. Yeah.
2: The English. Samoa away is slight. I would say slight, because they're a far back. So they have a slight advantage. But like, not much better than a pick them.
1: Yeah. I think um Fiji will beat Wales. By forty. I don't think Fiji will beat Australia. Um that's a big brother, little brother mentality thing. Yes. I I I think that will be a high scoring game. They played each other in the last World Cup and it was quite Fiji yeah. gave him a rattle. but and all I their
2: th- backs are all the backs on the pitch will be Fiji.
1: Um I think Fiji will get out of that group. I kind of feel like England and Argentina will probably get out of that group. Yeah. Like, and then it'll be England England playing the Aussies like that just seems like they play the Aussies in every World Cup somehow yeah and in ne- every sport yeah <laughs> and um, we w- then the other one will be uh, Fiji Argentina which is weird game a weird game in its quarter final and you're looking you could be looking at the true World Cup fixture is uh, having like another semi-final and you're going like what a fucking I mean I would gladly take Fiji in the quarterfinal. I would gladly, take, you know, just. I would, I would go, and
2: I love Argentina, as you know, yeah. as we all love Argentina, like the place. Yeah, but the place, not the people. <laughs> no, I love the people as well, but I don't love the fucking rugby team. Like I'd rather see the Fijians in the semi. Who wouldn't? You get to see Fijian players. Yeah. Um, can I see it happening? I sort of don't see it happening.
1: I can, absolutely but they loads not see of it good happening. players. I can see it happening because. The Argentinian team uh, isn't a massively consistent winning team. No, like they have good performances. It's, a, it's got a
2: team of fucking thugs in it. Though. And
1: the other and here, yeah, here's another thing. There's a little ban fest happening. Here's another thing. Like, I think the teams have drastically. Most teams have drastically reduced their headshots. They've been decent, if not entirely consistent, about how they punish them. Um. There might, I you know, there's just going to be some someone. There'll be a red card in the game. Yeah, Lavanini, yeah, <laughs> exactly. or Creamer
2: or Montoya.
1: Like they are, they are fucking dirty team. So, there's definitely. I I know it kind of became popular after Fiji beat England to say, "Oh, Fiji be in the semi final of the World Cup." Uh, it's definitely, it's definitely possible. They're so, they're so talented, and they, that kicker, um, Mont Nelson Munz. I've only seen him play once, but he was nervous in that was like the biggest win in Fiji's rugby test history and like he was totally nervous slotting them like they were just sailing through the middle of the bar like over the black dot Mm. so you have that you have some guy who's played a lot of international underage rugby yeah I can see it happen I could I see I I do foresee that Argentina Fiji as the quarter final which is great and I think England Australia the other one uh, England are turkeys and Australia will hammer them.
0: Like, you, think, you think England definitely get through their pool? Oh, just about,
1: yeah. They beat Samo and they beat whoever is the other team. Japan. Japan, yeah. And I think then, like, Eddie just has, like, a massive revenge shot, and then everyone suddenly thinks he's had a good World Cup, and he hasn't. Now that said, he's lost every game he's played so far, so they might finish bottom of their group. But that's it. That's a, That's the way I see that. That top, the bottom half of the draw gone. Uh, C and D.
2: Oh, it's wild, isn't it? What a fucking tournament!
1: Yeah, yeah. I like
2: the A and the B competitions in the Senior Cup.
0: I think I I think Fiji get to the semis. I think. Uh... I think but don't think England's gonna get out of their group.
2: Do you want me to get right to an opinion piece now? This will be a good thing if England get, didn't get through their group.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I kinda think I think the Japanese are gonna be... Sub by Danny Cipriani. I saw uh I saw England beat Japan in Twickenham last November and they're gone, geez, the Japanese are playing better rugby than England. But like it's in Twickenham and mm. they're they're not gonna get they're not going to get the decisions here and like a few things went against them and I thought to myself, ooh, they're in the same group. I, I, this is when England were... Do you think England are lose better. all their matches? Who's the other person in that group? I think Samoa. Samoa, Japan, I, I, I think... They'll probably beat Uruguay.
1: Chile, sorry, they're playing Chile. Well, they'll beat Chile.
0: Yeah. You'd imagine they'd beat Chile. I think they're going to lose two of them.
2: <laughs> um, would be... Like, that would be catastrophe. They might... I don't know what like what do you do if it is a catastrophe? Would you, you sack Bortwick You know, listen, that's clearly not good enough. You sack everyone associated with Bortwick, which is oh they just go back to Leicester. Probably win another clapping kick premiership. But then who do you go back to? Bring back Eddie Jones? Oh, finally, after about 13 years of trying to get Wayne Smith now that
1: he's in his 80s. <laughs> okay, last question. Uh France are going to win the World Cup. Do you agree? No. No.